podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. And welcome to the Bolden Bruins Sports Podcast. Alongside Tyler Brown, my name is Yao Bonsu. Today we have Bolden's official end to their full season to cover, which includes some heartbreaking playoff games. This week we will have both the featured athlete of the week and our first featured coach of the week. Tyler sits down to talk to Boys Varsity Football wide receiver Isaiah Place before his playoff game against Freeport. He will also sit down with girls varsity tennis coach, Coach Darmel, to talk about her successful season, how the tennis postseason system works, what she takes away from coaching, and much, much more. Our featured game of the week will take us to girls varsity volleyball's quarterfinal Nassau AA playoff game against Oceanside. All that is packed into a ninth episode of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. But before we start, you guys know what we have to do first. Tyler, give us our short rundown of scores from the past week in Baldwin Bruins Athletics. For the recap of scores this week, as you guys know, we are now in the playoffs, so there aren't many games to talk about. Girls Varsity Volleyball took down Oceanside 3-0 to advance to the semifinals against Syosset, but sadly lost to Syosset in the semis. Even though you guys lost, I would like to congratulate each and every one of you guys for a terrific season. The heart, the intensity you guys played with was unmatched. You guys had a great season. Next, we have boys varsity football's game against the number one seeded Freeport. This game was a loss, but you cannot deny the fact that Bolden didn't play with effort this game. Congratulations to all of you guys for making the playoffs and putting everything you had on that field. Our featured game of the week takes us to Girls Varsity Volleyball's 3-1 win against Oceanside in the Nassau County AA quarterfinals. You can make the firm argument that this group led by Coach Mosca probably was Baldwin's most successful fall team. After losing one of their best players in Caitlin Trepida, the Bruins still managed to earn themselves the home playoff game as the number three seed, only behind Massapequa and Syosset. The game started out slow for the Bruins, who were obviously looking to end this game in three sets. Eventually, though, and the only way to know how, the Bruins created separation in set one, resulting in a 25-16 win to go up 1-0. Continuing into the second set now, this is when the game started to get a little bit wild. The rallies in this game were just something to marvel at, with Tevin Malstadt and Newsday Top 100 player Brianna Espert being fed the ball over and over and over again. And for Oceanside, I noticed that they did a great job of indeed negating the power and speed that came with some of Espert's spikes or kills, whatever you want to say. That is a huge reason why Oceanside had a closer set this time around. However, they still fell 25-23, leaving the Bruins with one more set to secure a huge win. In the third set, some of who I believe to be the most effective players on the team were taking out the game, but that is understandable considering everybody needs a breathing now and then, right? But this did cost the Bruins heavily with them failing to complete the clean sweep, leading to a 25-21L in set 3. But now we move to what would be the deciding fourth set where the Bruins simply wouldn't take their foot off the gas. Ava Bendel was rocking, the juniors were rocking, and the leaders on his team really showed out which is obviously why they got the win. The Bruins simply had too much talent versus that of Oceanside, which translated to a 25-21 win in the fourth and deciding set. 
Things I noticed throughout the game were obviously the fun and loud celebrations wherever there was a kill or a massive spike or a score off a serve, all of that. But certain girls really came out to play in this pivotal quarterfinal game. I have not been to every volleyball game, but as far as I'm concerned, Gabrielle Biggs looked to be the best player on the floor versus Osha's side. That's just my opinion. That is a hint for our potter of the week, of course. Hint, hint. In addition to that, terrific serving efforts by Candice Batanzas were also something to take note of in this game. The girls earned this win, and what a win it was. The girls moved on to the Nassau County AA semifinals, where they unfortunately fell in four sets to Syosset. However, this is still a season to remember. To me, Girls Volleyball was the best team Baldwin had this far. This fall. It's that simple. It was not just what they did on the court, but rather off it as well. Every girl was committed, and they treated each other like family, which are ultimately the type of little things that results in wins on the court. While they have some key players leaving the team, there's no doubt that Girls Volleyball will continue to be a formidable opponent with Candice Batanzas, Alyssa Santos, Tevin Malstad, Gabrielle Biggs, Claire McCleary, and Brianna Espert, among others, returning. It is simply a family with a family that should continue to grow in the coming years. Congrats to the team on everything they accomplished and to the seniors on everything they've accomplished in the past four years. Coach Mosca did an amazing job leading these girls to the third seed and I wouldn't count them out in winning the county championship next year. They have the level of talent. You never know who's going to come up from the middle school. You never know which freshmen or sophomores are going to get better and it's that simple. The girls did a great job against Oceanside. I commend them on everything they accomplished this season and I'm looking forward to see even when I graduate how this um, how this program grows throughout the next coming years. And now we move to our pot star of the week, who is no other than Gabrielle Biggs. If you were listening a few seconds ago, you know that she absolutely dominated the game as one of the best players for Baldwin on the floor. She was key to the Bruins' 3-1 win over Oceanside, and although it was a loss against Syosin, she also played her heart out in that semifinal game. And coincidentally, the Bruins' Twitter page also had Gabby listed as their Athlete of the Week. And according to Twitter, Gabby played her best game of the season against Oceanside. She was a dual-threat player with several kills, as well as key defensive efforts with defensive blocks that slowed down Oceanside. Congratulations to Gabrielle Biggs on being our final athlete of the week, oh sorry, final pod star of the week for the fall season. If you guys have been keeping up with the podcast, you know that we talk a lot about tennis. And why not try to see the game of tennis through the eyes of the coach? Today in the studio, I have Coach Jarmel and I will be talking to her about everything tennis. Today I am joined with Coach Jarmel. Ms. Jarmel, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? That's great to hear. This was the first year that I was really introduced to the tennis program. Like, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't really know much about it. And the squad you had this year really performed. Can you speak on some of the talent that you had this season compared to the past seasons? Sure, sure. We have seven seniors um, that were starters this year, so we're really going to miss them next year. We had um, Kayla McKenzie and Nicolette Carrion played. They alternated between first and second singles. And then we have Kim Wallace at third singles. And then at first doubles, um, we have we have a freshman, actually, who, um, who started with another senior, Olivia Biggs. And um, Skylar Kerwin is a ninth grader who came in and really helped us a lot this year. Yeah, uh, Olivia and Nicolette, you know, we did an interview with Nicolette earlier, and Olivia is one of my personal favorites. So can you really just like, talk about them just a little bit more in depth? Because sure. I know that they're good. Absolutely. Um, so Nicolette has really um, come a long way. She started 
freshman year playing doubles and then she's worked her way up to play singles um, the last two years and she's really improved and she really um, usually she's one of the last matches to finish she doesn't give up (laughs) she plays at long points and she's so busy she's shuffling from activity to activity but she commits during the tennis season she does more than anyone I know around the school Um, Olivia is amazing as well she's really worked her way up and she's gotten better and better over the years and she she loved to be an inspirational speaker on the bus rides home, and she really <laughs> reminded the girls. She really acted like a big sister to some of the younger girls on the team and just reminded them about certain things and was such a positive role model for them. Shout out to those two. I really appreciate both of those people. Uh, this regular season for tennis as a team, you guys had four clean sweeps out of 14 matches. Ending a game 7-0 is not easy. So what did you emphasize to your athletes to make these games happen? Oh, excellent question. Um, so, so basically just to focus on their skills and, um, just to get their first serves in and just to look, um, where their opponents were not and just hit to the open court and just kind of to work together as a team, if they were playing doubles and for singles, just to stay focused throughout the match. Mm -hmm. This tennis team really proved to be no joke as I was watching, you know, I didn't really know too much about it, but as I was, I'm just, I'm just in shock. You know what I'm saying? I'm really in shock. But from the people that listen to our podcast and the people that I've talked to, this has been a very successful season, but maybe you wanted a little bit more, not saying that they didn't have Mm -hmm. a good season because they had a great season, but maybe you want a little bit more and like, what do you see as a very successful season? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I also just, I didn't get to talk about all the seniors, um, so I could come back to that. But a successful season, I think, is where all the girls kind of um, learn and improve and just have a positive experience. Obviously, you know, it's nice to win tennis matches, but there's more than just winning. Um, Adriella Ramos and Paris Jameson came back this year. They played freshman and sophomore year, and they came back as seniors. And, um, you know, they had the best record on the team, 12 wins, 2 losses. And... um, so I think just a good season is where we show improvement. We give 100% at every match. We're committed to coming to practices, coming to the matches, and just kind of working together and just, um, you know, forming a bond with one another. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, you can keep talking about your seniors if you want to praise them a little bit more. Sure. I know I know everybody has special talents on this team. Good. No, thank you. Um, so we also Gabriella Pichet. She played. Um, she played for us as well. Fourth doubles with Maria, a junior, Maria Jose. So um, they were really important as well on the team. So we're so lucky to have so many talented seniors. Um, next year they have big shoes to fill, but um, you know some of the underclassmen are really um, going to have to step up and just show what they could do going forward who made it to the postseason this year because I saw there's a lot of singles and doubles matches and I kind of lost track of what was going on after the postseason sure so um so we were able Nicolette Carrion and Kayla McKenzie represented us in the Nassau County um tournament they actually came together and played doubles and so they made it to the second round of the tournament um they did get eliminated in the second round but they've really they had a nice run and they worked well together. And even while they were playing in the second round, um, you know, they just, um, once they got warmed up, they really had a good showing. Even though they didn't get a win, they had some beautiful points, some beautiful rallies with their opponents. Yeah, I know they definitely fought for that because they have heart. They definitely do have heart. And, um, like, how does the postseason system work, really? Um, well, in we're, we're in Conference 3A. 
So the top two teams in our conference make it to um, to playoffs. Basically, they um, depending how it works. So the f- basically the uh, the winner in the conference plays the winner of conference 3b so we we unfortunately didn't make that um you know we weren't the conference champions but they are changing the format going forward and we would have the opportunity if we did win our conference to play um a conference one or two team which would be a mm-hmm. tough match but would be a nice you know challenge you guys could definitely do it I, I can <laughs> thank see you it. I, I like the encouragement it. i definitely can what do you think is like the most rewarding re- what do you think is the most rewarding part about being a coach oh, that's a great question um I think the rewarding part, I feel, I feel as if sometimes in school, um, you know, I love teaching, but sometimes you don't have time to really get to know the students um, as much as a one-on-one basis. I feel like I really get to know these girls throughout the season, just what's going mm. on in their lives and just, um, just funny things and jokes like Gabby loves making TikToks and <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does. some of the girls just have different things about them. So I just think that personal connection, I just feel, you know, um, when I see them in the halls, I feel like I know, you know, on a more personal level um, about them. And I, I feel lucky that I got to, you know, get to know them. And the coaches really have like that personal bond with their players because they see them the most out of most people. It's either the coaches or the players that they play with, you know what I'm saying? That's but true. That's true. You are an experienced coach and know how to connect with your girls how do you really connect with them to push them to work harder than they had before that's a great question um as well so <laughs> i think that i um i think i try to get to know them basically in tennis it's a little bit different um they officiate their own matches and mm. we can talk to them during the odd games during changeovers and some of the players like to be um coached more um in the middle of the match than others after each set if they were to win six games and they come off the court or lose six games um you know whatever the set score is uh only winning over here yeah only Only winning winning. only Only winning winning. so they would come over and talk to me so just kind of feeling out each of the individual players some loved having people behind them cheering others just kind of wanted to do their own thing and um and so forth so just kind of getting um to see during the matches what they were comfortable with and what they what kind of feedback I could give them to improve their games. Most of the girls that you most of the girls that you push and like try to make them do better, they stay for a few years. They don't only play for one year. So how do you really want them to remember you? Like how do you want to lead them and like what what characteristics do you push onto them? Hmm. I, I would like to think tenacity, just not giving up, just, um, you know, giving it your all. You know, again, it's not so much about winning, but just giving a good showing. Sometimes the conditions in tennis make it challenging with the wind or the cold, or mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we were playing really late and it's harder to see. So I guess I'd want them to just to just feel that they were able to give and get 100% out of their experience just with um, drills that we do, just with working together and just just integrity you know um with one another and with the other players i feel like we always have good sportsmanship and just you know representing baldwin tennis you know in a positive light so for you it's more about effort rather than to do well on the field i mean on the court yeah i think effort is really important um you know i think just just showing we do have a really large team we have 11 starting positions and i have 22 girls on the team so i really like to see a commitment i like to see someone really trying hard i like to see improvement 
and just showing that they're really, they want to be there and they're fighting for their position and they, they just are doing everything they could. Yeah, and I was wondering, we were talking about this earlier, me and Mr. Kelly, since you're a coach and you are an adult, clearly, how do you juggle teaching, coaching, and being there for your family still at the same time? Because oh. it does take up a lot of time. Yes. <laughs> that could be a challenge at times. Um, but, yeah, I just, I do my best to kind of just give 100% on as many levels as I can. <laughs> so I just, you know, with the coaching, um, you know, once I get home, then I'm, you know, on duty for my family. But definitely it can be challenging as my girls are getting older and they play sports of their oh. own as well. So there are some challenges along the way, for sure. What, what sports do you want them to play? What are they playing right now? Well, they both are very into soccer Ooh, and soccer. basketball. But my yeah. older daughter, is it's a possibility. Tennis might be a possibility, but... Soccer and tennis are going to be the same season in high school, so we have to see. Would they what go happens. to Baldwin? No, no. Oh, okay, if they went to Baldwin, you know, they could have, they could have been on a podcast, you know, on a later <laughs> day. I don't know. I don't know. Just that saying. would have been cool. That would be great. What was the best moment you've had this year on your journey with amazing players like Olivia Biggs and Adriana Ramos and everybody else? Huh. There's a lot of moments to talk about. I know. We have there to pick are. One. Okay, Only if one. I had to pick one. I would say I really, I just loved seeing during practices, um, as I said, I did have a large team. There were 22 girls and just naturally the seniors just stepped up and were just such a positive influence on the younger players. During a drill, they would offer feedback. They would help me if I needed on a, on a court to teach the girls a little more about serving or about some of the different skills. And just how they genuinely just taught them to kind of be even better individuals, just in terms of their integrity, in terms of their their work ethic and I just I loved seeing just how motivated the seniors were to kind of just set a good example for the younger girls I'm trying to think of a specific example like are there, are there any bonds that you saw really grow throughout the season like maybe they didn't talk that much in the beginning of the season and now you see them maybe in the hallways talking with each other laughing joking and any bonds like that yes yes um, I know a lot of the girls lovingly refer to Nicoletta's mom <laughs> <laughs> because she was a very motherly figure and she would always kind of um, she was very um, she wanted everyone to do the right thing and she really reinforced that um, I know she bonded with some of the younger players who um, Cameron, for instance, she was also very involved in the play and she was interested in that. So I know she, you know, she was a nice mentor for her to kind of learn a little more about about uh, juggling school and mm -hmm. outside of school things. And she has, She's in honors classes, APs, all that type of stuff. So she has a lot to juggle as well. Not as much as you, though, of course. <laughs> but, all right. Final question. Sure. Final question. OK. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I know the suspense is eating you alive. Are you ready? <laughs> I think so. Okay, this is an easy question, but there's only one correct answer. Okay. If if you answer this question wrong, I don't I don't know. If <laughs> Do you listen to the Bold and Bruin Sports Podcast? Of course, of oh, okay, course. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say no. I thought yeah. you were gonna say no. Okay, okay, okay. That's I all love I it. That's I'm so honored to be a part of this. I can't wait to hear it. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right, take care, Miss John Mel. I appreciate you being here. Okay, thank you. Next on the show, we have something that I know a lot of you guys have been waiting for. Isaiah Place himself. 
And today with me in the studio, I have Isaiah Place, star wide receiver on the boys' varsity football team. Isaiah, your regular season is now over, and you can reflect on everything that has happened this season. What did you guys execute properly, and what do you guys think you needed to work on a little bit more? I think that we did a good job all season of um, working together with each other to, like, win games. But the games that we couldn't win, I feel like we could have did things like defense and all that. And um, maybe practice a little better because in practice, um, you know, we fool around a little bit. But that's just, yeah, that's just how a team is. It's just... You guys guys like to have fun, you know. You guys, it's like a brotherhood. Yeah. All right, well... You were talking about defense, and in the last game analysis that I did, I was talking about defense, and defense is my personal favorite when I'm watching football games. So I understand you guys have a really good defense. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, I think what really makes our defense is the secondary, which is run by um, – it's not run by Cat. It's obviously run by um, Coach Carroll. Mm-hmm. But Catapano usually works with the cornerback safeties and all that. So I think we do a good job – at um, secondary of getting good angles to the ball, helping in the run, pass. We don't let up passes very well, so yeah. Players like Aaron Taylor, you know, do a really good job at corner and safety and stuff like that. But now that we talked a little bit about defense, can we talk about offense? Can you talk about the development of Ronnie? Because I know Ronnie has really grown this season at the quarterback. So talk about the development of Ronnie. I would say his last name, but we all know I'm going to mess that up. We all know. So let's talk about Ronnie a little bit. Ronnie is... A good quarterback. He, I what I like most about him is that he's versatile. Like he's not like a quarterback that just sits in the pocket like like Tom Brady or something. He's more mm-hmm. like like Lamar Jackson. He can run. Oh, he can run a little bit though. Yeah. Okay. He has a running touchdown. Oh, he does. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, shout out to Ronnie. You know, mm-hmm. Ronnie Marchese. You know what I'm saying? But I understand Ronnie's really good. And since we talked a little bit about Ronnie, it's only fair that we talk about Joey because Joey could bring a lot to a senior season next year. Joey, I I believe that Joey next year will be really good at the fact that his arm is already outstanding. That comes from, you know, he used to play baseball. Yeah. So his arm is really good. So all he needs now is just just to listen to everything the coaches tell him and just be smart next season. Yeah, yeah Joey's really good. Like you said, Joey really has an arm. I've been watching him throw and stuff like that. Joey has an arm. But how difficult is it to build chemistry with two completely different cornerbacks with two completely different skill sets? Honestly, um, a good player would just have to adjust. If you sit here and say that, oh, I can't do this because he's running and he's passing, then what does that make you? That doesn't You're not the best make you, you stand be. out. Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes, a lot, that makes a lot of sense. You are Baldwin's number one receiver over players like Aaron Taylor and Gabe DeRoche, who are very solid receivers, so that just shows a lot about you and shows how good you are. How do you handle being Bruins' number one option when coach draws up a pass play? Um... It's just a matter of being ready whenever your name's called. Because even, even if it's not me, even if it's Kenny or Gabe, you always have to be ready. Because I know as the top receiver that my name's going to be called a lot. So I'm always on my toes ready. Do you feel like you, you really, like, when when, the, when they call your name in that pass play, do you feel like you catch it every time? You just feel like you're Odell sometimes, you know, just going crazy? Um, I mean, Odell... Actually, yeah, I I do oh, I do like it. When I catch a ball, I get really excited. I sit there okay. and celebrate for a minute. Baldwin is dominantly a run first team, and I know it gets frustrating when they run the ball. Do you really get mad more at the fact that they're running, or do you get mad at the fact that you know what you're capable of and what you can bring to the field? Um, 
I don't really get mad at the fact that we're running because I get the fact that it's been working for the past years. But at the same time, when you need a, let's say we're down by a touchdown. When you need a touchdown, that's when I think you have to start passing the ball a little more because look what we have. We have receivers like me, Aaron, yeah. Kenny Gabe. And with the, you go four receivers out, that's hard to guard. It is, it is. You guys are now in the playoffs, and I'm assuming that the pressure, by, the pressure by coach is getting intense. How much pressure is coach putting on you guys, and how is he preparing you guys to play competitively? Practice has been rough the past few days, especially since our first round is Freeport, since we're AC. So, Freeport is a tough opponent. Like, can you talk about the last game you guys played about Freeport? I mean, I understand that you guys lost, but there's always positives in a loss. Like, what did you guys learn from playing Freeport? What did you guys learn from playing Freeport that you could really put into this game that's tomorrow? I learned that, um, honestly, you just have to leave it all out there. Just go out there. You can't sit here and say that, oh, Freeport's good, so we're going to lose. You can't go out there with that mentality. You have to go out there and leave it all out on the field, whether you want it or not. Play your hardest. I know there's a couple players that are kind of downing themselves, but I always try to pick them back up. And I know that coach is really stressing that on you guys. You guys can't count yourselves out. What was the best game you think you had this season? There's a lot to choose from. Huh? I think I think my best game was against Hicksville because I went out there thinking that I was going to get a lot of touchdowns and I ended up getting two for over 100 yards. So how did you feel? You felt you felt like you were felt like you were that felt, guy. Yeah, I felt like that guy. So what was coach saying to you when they were splitting between defense and offense? When you were on the sidelines, what was coach really stressing to you even though you were playing really well? He wasn't it, there wasn't really conversation between us. It was just one situation that happened when um, I got a touchdown. I was really hyped to the point where, like, I was mad that I was doing good. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like real recognizes real in the situation. Yeah, he was right? just telling me, be happy for yourself. Don't ruin it. Yeah. yeah, real recognizes real. You are among the top three players on this team for amount of touchdowns with five. How does it feel knowing that your hard work is paid off this season? It feels good knowing that it's paying off because all the work that I put in throughout the summer and stuff, going outside every day um, with my friends and stuff, them just throwing me balls and me catching them all day. And um, it's just a matter of hard work to get you wherever you want to go. There was one game where you're running to the end zone and you held the ball up and pointed to the sky. And there's also a picture that I'm pretty sure you have as your wallpaper that you really loved that moment, you really cherished that moment. What were you trying to show and what did that touchdown or that celebration really mean to you? Um, shout out to Matthew Cabral because he's really the only one that knows. But there's two reasons. There's one, every touchdown I put the ball up to the sky to thank God for where I've come and to that the touchdown is for my, you know, Deceased family members, friends. Rest in peace, all of them. But how have the Carols really impacted your character? Because you've been you've been playing with the Carols, and I understand that they're a, a good impact on you. They they really like stretch your character. They really try to bring you up. So how have they impacted your character for a while? I think they really formed me into who I am today as a um, player. I grew from ninth grade to now. Because even on JV, they were still talking to me and a lot of stuff. 10th grade, I had an injury, but they were the ones that kept me up instead of bringing myself down. You want to talk about that injury a little bit? Like, what was that injury? In 10th grade, I um, tore my cartilage in my knee, and if you don't know, that doesn't heal by itself, so they had to cut it open down the middle and put mm. a screw in, which kept me up for six months. Dang. What was it like playing back on that knee again? 
Um, it took a while to get the like right feeling back, but a lot of physical therapy and all that now feels normal. Okay, you do play football, but I know that you're a multi-sport athlete. Basketball is around the corner, and I just have one question to ask about basketball. How confident are you about this new and improved team that you guys have, which isn't official yet? But how do you? How confident are you about this new team that you guys have a ring? Three words. Going. Going where? Going to state. To states. Going to states. Are you sure? You know, hundred percent. I'm hundred. I I have no doubt in my mind. Hundred twenty percent. All right, all right, keep that up. Even though the season isn't over, what would you miss the most about playing with this Bruins squad? You did play with them last year, some of your friends, even though some of the seniors left. What would you miss the most about playing for the Bruins this year? Um, I'm just going to miss just being a Bruin, and whoever plays for a Baldwin team, whether it's girls soccer, boys soccer, boys basketball, girls basketball, you know that feeling that you get when you're in practice, going hard every day, every game. You guys are hype because you're ready to play with your brothers or sisters and just go to war. Put everything on, put everything you have on the field, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, this is a very important question. I don't think you understand how serious this question is. Look at me. Look at me. Last year, you lost first round. Tomorrow, you have a game against Freeport first round. How hungry are you for this game? I, If I'm not the hungriest person in Bolton right now, then I must be dreaming. Because last year, we lost, and I saw all the seniors. I mean every senior. Eric, Manigault, Nate, Holmes, crying on their knees. And I don't want to feel like that. So I want to go out there and win this game for them, for y'all, for everybody in the I school. need all you guys to perform tomorrow. Yes, sir. To the top of your ability. Yes. All right, Isaiah, I appreciate you for being in the studio with me today, and I wish you best of luck for your game tomorrow. Thank you. And before we put the lid on the ninth episode of the Bruins podcast, I would like to give a special shout out to all the students, managers, and athletes who helped Tyler and I receive all the scores and special performances and stats for the full season. I'd like to thank Leslie Carbajal, girls varsity field hockey manager, Olivia Biggs, girls varsity tennis player, Candice Patanzas, girls varsity volleyball player, Marcia Noel and Haven Melhado, girls varsity soccer managers, Deanna Taco from cross country, and Braden DeSantis from boys varsity football. I'd like to thank all of you for getting us the numbers we need for these episodes to go on each and every single week. Your efforts were widely appreciated by Tyler and I. We are grateful. And we wish all of you the best in whatever you do, whether it's sports, school, whatever it is. But thank you for taking time out of your schedules, out of your days to assist us with this podcast. We really can't say enough. Thank you guys for joining us on the ninth episode of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. As the fall season comes to an end, on behalf of the Bruins Podcast, I would like to give a special shout out to all of the seniors who poured everything they had for their respective programs. I know after my last soccer game, I was a wreck. I I know some players were a wreck after their last games, and trust me, you guys, it gets better. And although we may see some people progress to play in college, nothing ever matches playing with the people you grew up with in high school. The love, the passion, the exhilaration, the blood, the sweat and tears, all of it is appreciated, 
and nothing ever matches the feeling. So shout out to all the seniors who gave the role into these programs, and I wish you guys the best, whether it's playing a winter or spring sport or whether it was your last time repping the blue and gold. Every bit of your energy was appreciated over these past four years. But on that note, our last fall season interview will be next week, where I will sit down with boys varsity football coach, Coach Carroll in the studio, to talk about his coaching tendencies, what he thought of the past season, where he looks to take the program, and much, much more. And as we move into the winter season, it is always known to be where Baldwin has the most success. And as we move into that part of the year, we have more interviews, more analysis, and everything of the sorts. We are preparing for our best episodes yet. Be sure to tune in every week as we are just counting down the days until what should be a cold, cold winter. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Bruins Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.